Hi everyone, my name is Vanessa Valyuko and welcome to Personal Pans, conversations about belief, transformation, and all the weird things that we experience. Today's episode is with Erica Davis, writer, editor, tarot reader, and my new ADHD BFF. Um, <laughs> we have been following each other for a while on social media, I'm pretty sure because of um, our mutual friend Larissa, and uh, I saw that they were going to make an oracle deck out of some vintage Care Bears uh, counting cards, and I thought, I gotta, I gotta talk to her. And it turns out we had so much more in common in terms of experiencing grief, uh, grappling with ADHD, and, um, and just our experiences reading tarot for other people. Uh, this, this is a high energy uh, episode and I hope you enjoy it. And for those of you who can't see us through the audio right now, we just found our people. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. It's been a 20 minute chat of finding people. <laughs> warm up. It's a warm up. Exactly. Yes. It's the preamble. <laughs> the green room. Yes. Well, and that again, too, getting back to ADHD, right? Like yeah. there is this, it, 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 the, I feel like the only people I really can talk to who kind of understand me also have ADHD. Mm -hmm. It is, yes. the, the, there's no other way to explain the completely nonlinear way of thinking, um, right. the like off the wall ideas, all of that. Mm -hmm. So, and when I'm talking to you and your mind wanders, it's not because I'm boring. It's because it triggered something in a good way. And you're halfway through planning what you're about to say. And I, I have a podcast for work and I've noticed I talk very quickly. I'm sure caffeine has something to do with it, but I also, I'm the audio editor for, for my podcast, um, in addition to being a co-host. And I've realized since I've gotten my ADHD diagnosis that uh, ADHD-inattentive, formerly known as ADD, I guess is the okay. actual way to say it. Mm -hmm. um, I already forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> um, yes, ADHD for the win. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, circling back, circling back. Erica, get there, get there. Yeah, um, I believe in you. What was I saying? I oh, don't ask me that. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it was about um, ADHD, whatever. Uh, oh, if your mind comes back to it, it's not an insult. It's like, no, there was something else I was going to say about it. I will come back to it. That's fine. But, but what you were saying, this idea of like, if you say something and it inspires something in me, right. And I, yeah. it, well, oh. when, if I talk about it, it's because you have inspired me. Right. So I'm making those, those mental notes. pathways. Exactly. And it's like, oh yeah. Yeah. I have a notepad right next to me because I'm jotting stuff down. So I don't have to go on those tangents. I'll let future oh Erica handle it. Pardon oh me for interrupting you. The reason I speak so fast, this is my, this is what I was going to tell you. Yeah. I've decoded since getting the diagnosis. I talk so fast because I'm constantly on the verge of about to forget what I'm going to say. Yes. Because the brain goes so quick. That's exactly it. Yes. Okay. That, oh, you found it. And this yep. is, so <laughs> there's a book called ADHD 2.0 and that what, aside from TikTok, like that book really helped me Awesome. thinking about my brain in terms of ADHD. And one of the descriptions the, the doctors use is uh, race car brain, bicycle brakes, right? And so like- Oh my God, that's <laughs> so accurate. Right? So like it's <sighs> developing techniques to help slow you down and get focused and not get overwhelmed, right? Because yeah. on the days that I have a ton of energy, I can do everything, but it's also very easy for me to get completely overwhelmed because right. I'm thinking about more than just, okay- I'll do the laundry, I'll wash the dishes, um, I'll walk these packages to the post office. I'm suddenly thinking about like, okay, so I'm gonna create a whole YouTube series about information literacy and then all this <laughs> other kind of shit. And then it's just like, my brain just like, oh uh -huh, my God. and then boop, power out. Like, Holy moly. For me, it's, uh, and we were just talking about this before we hit record that um, for like doing the dishes, it's, it's difficult. Executive fun, like fun, excuse me, executive function disorder aside, Doing the dishes is overwhelming to me. I have <laughs> exhibit A, I have an old uh, injury from a car accident, my lower back. So standing for longer than three minutes is uncomfortable. It's not painful anymore thanks to yoga and acupuncture and all that. Oh, but yeah. um, 
I have a pile of dirty dishes in the dish in the sink and on the counter. The dishwasher is still sitting there with three day old clean dishes. Vanessa, your face right now. I know it. This I know my life. I'm like, oh, but my dishwasher. Right. <laughs> sitting there with the full stuff. Um, and I have to, but to unload them, I have to make sure my shirt isn't dragging across the dirty water that's spilled onto the counter. And to do that, I have to change my shirt or clean up the counter, but I don't want to clean it up before I do the dishes. And now my dogs are tripping me. So I have to put them outside, but they won't go outside without a treat or having had lunch. Have I given them lunch? And then after like 30 minutes of trying to, it feels like 30 minutes. It's probably like four minutes of some, of just doing this stuff to get myself organized. I need a mental break. I've, I've used up my mental physical battery and I need a quick recharge. So that's uh, refilling my water bottle, taking a sip, sitting down or like stretching my back. And then the dishwasher is unloaded. The dishes are dirty in the sink and I sort them next because I get overwhelmed otherwise because like it's dishwasher dishes and then do them by hand dishes. I, I can do that. I can load the dishwasher. I don't like doing it by hands. I have uh, celiac disease. So if it's bread stuff, my husband handles it. And then I have to mentally look at each thing and find out, like mentally think like, was this, this, this is all what goes on in my head. The minute I think about having to unload the dishwasher and it's like this chicken and the egg thing. And the, the takeaway here is for my husband, I asked him recently, um, since the diagnosis of ADHD and attentive, is it this convoluted for you to unload the dishwasher too? He's like, no, I just unload the dishwasher. And I, I, I can't fathom that. My head's never been that simple. Like it's never been that quiet. Uh, when, when uh, I, I can't, it was some, it was probably on Twitter because I'm on Twitter all the time, but it was mm-hmm. some <clears throat> article that was <clears throat> going around about how people don't have a constant monologue in their heads. How? how? Uh, literally how? I am always thinking of some, something, something. I- <laughs> recent more recently to that effect more recently um a writer asked a question during a twitter chat for my my day job um hey guys how do you how do you give your characters voices i'm like what do you mean give them like i didn't say it but like they come to me full fledged and i um i do not have multiple personality disorder but it it's very clear like i hear these full fledged characters in my head and i'm like okay okay just just give me a second let me at least sit down at the computer and then I could start typing out their dialogue or what their backstory is or whatever. It, yes. it, it's already active in there. And it's like people walking in, uninvited guests coming into a reunion. Like, like yes. that's what it feels like. And yes. it's just, I'm, the best writing sessions I have are when I let myself believe that I'm just the transcriber. I'm just the, the stenographer. I, I mean, this sounds like channeling, right? That like yeah. essentially oh, yeah. characters are coming so. to you and they're just yeah. like, okay, so yeah, you're the scribe. You need to just, be the one that's going to record us for, mm-hmm. for future. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And like for when I'm in a writing session, like I, in my t- early twenties, I figured that out. Like I tricked myself into letting my character. I'm like, okay, Greta, just tell me what to write. And that like subconsciously that gave me permission to get out of my way, but maybe it was something else <laughs> like coming in and telling me what story it was. I, who would I, who am I to know? I mean, but either way, it's like, it's learning to work with your brain and how exactly. your brain works. Yeah. And, and again, and I, this makes perfect sense to me because mm-hmm. this is how it is with uh, chainmail and other pieces. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, it's very rarely um, sitting down, sketching, figuring things out. I get the flash of the idea and then it's figuring out how to translate that into three-dimensional yeah. form. If anything, any kind of creative project, it, mm-hmm. it's just there. And, and the only issue is the technical aspect of it. Like, That's, I, like, oh God, you have no, no idea how affirming that is to hear. Like the other day I was, I, like maybe a week ago, I was streaming a video about how to make a box for one of the tarot decks. Oh, yeah. And uh, because the, the box that it came in doesn't feel right for me. Like it's it, like actually flimsy material or something. Oh, yeah. And um, I, I like them to be certain or whatever. And I'm looking around like just behind me, my sister calls it like a junk lady moment, like from Labyrinth, the lady, the junk, the junk heap lady Muppet. And I would, it's an honor to be compared to her because, oh, don't you want your panda slippers? Like she's, she's my favorite character. She's so good. And I want to be that when I grow up, but she's like, 
she's like, why don't you just, oh, you can just go to uh, Michael's and get acrylic spray. And I'm like, that would require logging off, getting dressed, making the dogs a peanut butter mat. (laughs) She's like, okay, fine. Forget it. Bad idea. Bad idea. But I'm like, why would I use it if I don't have it in my house already? Like I'm only using resourcefulness like around me. Like, what do I have that I could use here instead? And so I used like um, my uh, glossy and matte nail polish uh, on top of it, just to like seal it and to see what that looks like. Cause I had my nail polish, like uh, UV light dryer oh, yes. thing. It worked. It perfect. wasn't perfect. And my husband yeah. ended up going to Lowe's and brought me back some acrylic spray a few days later. So that was good. I just still didn't have to leave the house because evidently I'm a recluse in training and I'm okay with that. So, oh my God, fine. right? Yes. Uh, no idea what I was saying, but it's like, I'm not going to go out of my way to get one thing that I need. And uh, right. No, that's too much work. <laughs> yes. So, so like this, I understand. And also I am a type of per- like my ADHD is hyper-focused. So mm. uh, th- there will be this, these moments where I know exactly what I need and I don't have it. And I literally can't compromise with anything that's in the house. And so I will have to go get seek the thing, either buy it on eBay, buy it on Etsy, because I know there's this exact specific thing. I have found it. It has to be this. I cannot, I cannot do anything else. I, okay. There, there's a part where we differ because I am the opposite. I'm like, okay, uh, noted. I don't have that. What can I use instead? Let's pivot. I didn't have, <laughs> I'm probably going to go get it in a minute, but like, I didn't have straps webbing for a tote bag I made myself. So I used a tie of, oh, that my husband hasn't worn in five years. The Deutsch bag. It's perfect. It's like this tacky stripe thing. It's not that tacky. It's fine. It's just, he doesn't wear ties. He hasn't worn, I haven't seen that tie. I didn't know he had it. And I'm like, well, this looks like something Dwight would wear. And so the handles for this tote bag, amazing tote bag made out of two dish towels that I found and fell in love with. Yes. It's perfect. And so for me, it's like, okay, I can't have that. Um, I don't have X let's try Y Mm -hmm. and, or just let me pivot. I'm, I am actually, that's by nature. I'm, I'm really good at adapting. Yes. And um, I think that comes from being, and I mean this with all the love in my heart for myself, very, very lazy. And I'm so it's, you're laughing. Oh, I'm burping. Excuse me. You don't have to edit that. Keep, please keep it in. Right. It's We're like, keeping oh. it real here. <laughs> <laughs> this is how excited I am. Gastric anomalies. No, um, I am one of the laziest people in the world. And that is something that makes me infinitely creative. And I, that I've only started embracing that lazy. is not a four letter word. Like, I mean, I literally is, but right. Yeah. But it's not a swear word. Okay. Right. It's not a swear word. Um, it has such a negative connotation, uh, like the word quit, like the word fail. Those are negative connotative words. These are not negative words. This just means, okay, uh, checklist, this didn't work. Let's try the next thing. Mm -hmm. And I have no problem doing that. And, um, like I wanted to make that into a clutch that I had this Dwight Troop gift bag from Target. I wanted to make it into like a little wedding clutch, like super cute. How tacky would that be? Like so funny, but I exactly, but the material I found reminded me, I fell in love with the material and that superseded the interest in the type of purse. And I'm like, okay, pivot to tote bag. Also, what do I use 90% of the time for purses? Tote bags. (laughs) So I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I, yeah, all that to say, I forgot what I was saying. Uh, again, (laughs) Perfect. I love this. I love this. Like for ADHD conversations, just like, I'm going to tag out. It's your turn though. Um, because (laughs) this, the pivoting like that, I think also I consider myself very lazy also, and Mm -hmm. I work very hard. So I don't have to do that much work. If that makes sense. You know, like I, what do you know? What does that mean? Like I will put a lot of like front loading and thought into something so Uh, I can like execute something in the the fewest amount of steps and have the most amount of free time. I only recently started doing that to help future Erica. So you're helping future Vanessa. Always. Yes. Yes. Not always. And when I think about it, I'm like, okay, I'll do this now. And then the future me is going to be fucking thrilled. She'll be so happy. <laughs> be That's so amazing. Happy. Yes. But like, but again, it's, it's also like understanding 
for me, it's about understanding energy levels and respecting energy levels. Right. And again, mm-hmm. not beating myself up. Like some days I can do every, I can do everything. And mm-hmm. then some days I can barely get out of bed. And so it, like understanding mm-hmm. that it's like, okay, so I'm having, it was a TikTok that I saw that my friend Kelsey sent me. And it was, you know, if, if you have ADHD, you probably have like, um, you know, red light days, yellow light days and green light days. Mm-hmm. And, it, and she was talking specifically about cultivating habits. If you have ADHD, because again, if you're neurotypical, a habit and the rigidity of I'm going to do this type of workout mm-hmm. every day or five days a week or whatever. It just doesn't work for me. I mean, mm-hmm. part of it is the like dopamine shark brain. It's just like, nope. I'm bored. What so, do I get out of this? No, right. Exactly. No. If I'm bored, that is, I can't, I can't do anything. They're no. like, like, I am so happy. I have my job now because there's always a hundred different things to do. So if I get bored of something, I just switch and I switch and I switch and I switch. And that's it's, so good. It's so great. It that's is just so like good. dopamine factory, right? Love that. And I really like that. It's, it just works for me. And, it, it, and anyway, getting back to this idea of like a red light day. So it's like, you want to start an exercise practice, right? If you're having a red light day, you might just get out of bed and like walk around your living room or something like that. And that's all you can manage. Right. And understanding that's just where your energy level is fine. Mm -hmm. If you have a yellow light day, okay, go for a walk around the block. If you have a green light day, go run for a couple miles, you know, like it's, it's honoring where you're at from day to day. So it's like finding a rhythm for it as opposed to beating yourself up because you're not Mm -hmm. like going for a five mile run every day. Like absolutely realistic. Yeah. No, I, uh, in 2015, uh, in 2017, I lost my mom and dad to cancer respectively oh, yes. that, th- th- yeah, thank you. Uh, oh, it's, it's, it's good now it, for anyone who is anticipating going through this, uh, the grief of loss of a very close loved one, you get through it. There's no option it, and it's, and it's okay. And it sucks. And then you get through it and it still sucks. And then I get through that. And Baby steps, you know, yeah, you just all it is. It. Yes. But since my mom died, she was the second parent to pass. Um, my honey badger levels have imploded. Like I do not care anymore <gasps> about being polite to men, service workers who come to my home and tell me to smile. I'm like, excuse me, why? What did you say that was funny? And it was in the middle of pandemic and I have a mask on this. This man was who I have never met. It's like, oh, that was a joke. Why don't you laugh more? I'm like, I'm sorry. Can you just please explain to me the thing you're installing and I can get back to my day job? Like I just, I, it was my mother coming out of my mouth. Like I didn't have her energy. Like she, she wasn't there anymore. So it's almost like I let it come through Yes. and I'm like, wow, that felt good. No wonder (laughs) she was kind of bitchy to people who did not respect her. And I'm like, this is, it's just, yes, life is too short. And the part where I and privileged enough to differ from my parents is I saw them run themselves into the ground with multiple jobs to give me and my sister a really good life. They were miserable. They were cranky. And we had, even then we just had just enough money to get by. And I'm like, I refuse to do that. Um, And that's a big reason of why we choose to not have children. That's why like we, we really do enjoy having financial stability and we enjoy spoiling our nieces and nephews and spoiling ourselves by actually like getting a floor installed that we know is going to stand up to water and dog claws and all that and not skimping on stuff like that's very new for both me and my husband but it's it's a privilege now that I can afford because I've made my life choices like I know I don't want children it's just it's more about my parents set an example for me they I think they thought they were setting the work hard and find the American dream, dream example. And then you can provide for your family and all that. And I'm like, I want to just provide for me and my husband. And it's, that's where it stopped. And I had to make that choice. And when my mom was still alive, like she was getting mad at me for not having owned a house yet for not having a stable job. I was doing all my side hustles. I had an Etsy store spark joy. I had, um, an editing service. It sparked joy for a while. And then like, I, like I would stop and fill like stream out of it. Like whatever that side hustle was, I am made for a gig economy. I am, I am so much happier having 
a part-time job and a side hustle than I ever was in a full-time office job. I'm not wired that way. I'm not wired that way. And I remember saying like, oh, it'd be nice to work from home. And most of the people I was working with at that time were like, oh my God, no, you're not going to, you get so distracted at home. I was more productive in three hours at home than I ever was in eight hours in an office. Exactly. I know. Exactly. Yeah. I just, it's an, it's an, it's intentional choice. And I have to admit, I missed my parents, but it's so much easier to make these give a shit choices without having to justify it to them. And not that I had to, I'm a legal adult. I know that, but it's, it's, I was raised Catholic and that did not stick and that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And that's totally okay because I, I'm happy. I get more out of a hike in nature than I ever did at church. Sorry, not sorry. Oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. Like, yes, exactly. Mm, and, um, mm-hmm. tap, tap out. <laughs> Perfect. I <laughs> yep. love this. I love yeah. this. Yeah. I, um, it, 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 so again, I lost, um, my grandmother, my boyfriend and my aunt in about a year and a half. Jesus, Vanessa, I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you. I mean, yeah. again, I, I feel like aside from the ADHD, I think people who grieve, grieve, like understand each other and, oh, and God, again yeah. are different from the rest of the population. If right? you haven't been through it, you don't know. It, traumatic loss is it fundamentally changes who you are as a person. If you yep. really feel it, because that's another thing too. Mm-hmm. Some people they can experience a loss and then they get, they, they just go immediately into denial and, and try to act like nothing happened or it's fine or go back to normal. It's like, no, you have to sit in it. It really sucks. You have to sit in it. That's the only way you can learn Mm -hmm. something from it. And I think you and I both learned the whole, like, oh no, I don't give a shit anymore. Mm -hmm. All these things that you are trying to tell me that society and family is trying to tell you like matter. None of that matters. Like what matters? Is it joy? Again, what sparks joy? Joy. Yeah. Because I also, again, let's talk about affirmation. I feel (laughs) the same way having a part-time job and a side hustle or three side hustles, depending. Right. Um, That is so much more productive for me and so much more interesting for me. Yeah. Because who cares about like, I, oh, I need all this money for what? Like ultimately for what? Like having a stable income is, is like important for like keeping stress levels down. Yes. But what else, what am I chasing? Right. Do I want a big house that I can barely, I barely spend time in because I'm working all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I I just feel like a lot of people go ahead. No, I. Do you want to finish that thought? No, no, no. It's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, you're tapping out. Okay. Good. Yeah. I gotcha. I got gotcha. you. Um, the, the best paying job I had, it was like the first time it was like a $40,000 a year job. I'm like, holy crap. That's more money than I've ever, ever, ever seen. It's probably more than my dad made at his job like or something like that. It was the most toxic place. Um, I was sexually harassed. I was fat shamed. I, there was a murder in our parking lot and my oh. boss was like, yeah, you'll have that. And I'm like, what? No, this was a college campus. And I walked to my car at 10 PM at night because classes end at 9.45. And I'm like, I can't do this. And I was in tears resigning one of like a week later after this murder in a parking lot. It had nothing to do with our school. It was just a neighboring apartment complex. A conflict came into the parking lot where I parked my car. Literally, it's not a big business park. Sure. And where I walked, there was crime scene tape where I used to, where I parked the week before. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I come in, I'm like, did you see the crime scene tape? And the guy was like, yeah, yeah, you'll have that. And I knew right then it was, and he was one of the creepy people I worked for. And I'm like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And I, it was a conversation I had to have with my husband because I knew I wanted to start offering editing services. And I ended up doing just as well, not as consistent, but I'm like, that income wasn't worth the emotional stress it was putting me through. My dad had just died. And oh my God. I'm like, yes. no, forget it. And let's, we could always uh, talk about how that was after my dad died. It was the first time I ever experienced anxiety. And that's where I started knowing after the anxiety, I'd never connected the two, but that's when I started knowing, wondering if I had ADHD stuff and yeah. anxiety. And, and even my grief counselor and my therapist now um, is talking about they're pretty cyclical it's chicken that's chicken in the egg I'm never gonna know which one started first yeah and but I do know I've been like this my entire life so let's call ADHD (laughs) first yeah 
Yes, exactly. Oh my God. Exactly. Well, and that's the thing too. It's like, I didn't realize, I didn't start thinking about ADHD until I started Lexapro and my anxiety was under control. I'm on Lexapro. Hey, I just yes. started. It's great. Oh, it's so helpful. <laughs> it's just, it's so helpful. I feel a lot more like myself and it, exactly like to, to get concerned <sighs> about something and have it not flip over into a panic attack. Again, I was like, Oh that's... wait, everybody just lives their life. Like this. <laughs> what? Oh my God. Oh, it's so great. But it's, it's that it's like ADHD is there is that's when the anxiety was under control and my mood was even, and my brain was still acting like this. I'm like, Oh, oh, there's something else going on. It's not anxiety is the source of everything. There is something else that is not being addressed. And that's why I started looking into ADHD because it all Mm -hmm. just kind of lined up. And then my friends were getting diagnosed. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes way more sense than anything right. else I've ever heard. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. I think I think the benefit for me getting the diagnosis was it, personal. It wasn't, I needed to prove it for work. I oh. am my own boss. Like it's fine. Yeah, I, right. I, but um, th- that's the benefit to it is you can have it for documentation if you need special accommodations for something or whatever. But usually I think most workplaces are going to be pretty trusting about that. I hope they wouldn't like, oh, no, you don't. You don't need more time. It would have been helpful in grad school. I didn't oh. know. I didn't know that at all. And um, I was uh, actually the nonfiction book I'm writing, I'm collecting, uh, was I'm in the waiting stage right now, but collecting interviews for it. One of the interviewees pointed me to ADHDonline.com. And that's how I got diagnosed. It's uh, legit. I vetted it first. And even my physician said, oh yeah, this, this place is legit. We get diagnoses from them. It's, it's instead of the in-person intake, it was a 5,000 year intake form. (laughs) Like it's not conducive to ADHD. That's Oh my God. I know that's And I'm like, is this one of those like psych tests? (laughs) Like they're actually a video and watching me like rearrange my bookshelves instead of filling this thing out because it's, it's not only like sliding scale, short answers, long answers, uh, but like, there's like a whole, I have, there's room for me to write a narrative if I wanted like that kind of thing. And then it took a few days and they came back and told me it was actually, for the older generation in my family as something I could tell them, like, this is hard for me to focus on right now. Yeah. ADHD. And they're like, Oh, it's for real now. I'm like, it always was always- <laughs> just believe me. I, that, <sighs> that is something that it, it's, again, I, I feel like, um, all the women I know who have been diagnosed, have, they had to mask it very early. And yeah. learned how to mask again because of the social expectation on girls, right? Like this expect like you have to oh, certainly sit and and be, you know, the good. And it's so frustrating because again, these things were were there all the time. Like I, I was talking yeah. to my friend Melissa recently. Yeah, this isn't new. This isn't <laughs> new, exactly. Or it's like, you know, straight A's, messy desk, you know, like that, that kind of like, don't ask me to clean something that's going to take absolutely forever. Mm -hmm. Um, Unless it's this like niche thing, like all my books, which are organized by subject and then alphabetical. I love that. That's amazing. (laughs) Right. Like if I can drill down on something and again, (laughs) the dopamine and it makes me feel good. Yeah. Boy, I'm the most organized person in the universe, but everything else, I'm like, I don't care. Nope. Sure. The clean laundry, it comes out of the dryer and it goes on the floor because I can't be where asked you, to fold that's it. That's where you can see it. Why would you fold it? <laughs> it's just going to get worn anyway. Exactly. And we're in a pandemic. No one's going to care if it's wrinkly. Right. And if anybody does, again, again, talking about how grief just kind of upends all of those social yeah. Your connection to social it obligations. Re- it yes. rewires everything. Everything. It's like, I don't care. If you're judging me for, for wrinkly clothes, I don't care about you oh, as a person. Bless. That's yes. your yeah, that's your problem. That's their inconvenience is not my problem. That's one of the first things I heard from a grief counselor after, or like it actually might have been an article I read for myself, like how to manage grief with business or something like that. And it's oh, yeah. this mantra stays with me, like their inconvenience is not my problem. And that, I read that when I was trying to quit my job, like, how can I feel better about quitting my job? Their inconvenience is not my problem. Cause I was worried who's going to take care of my student. Not my problem. Not, your problem. not my problem. And exactly the more parents I lost, the fewer shits I gave. And Oh my God. What? I think, yeah, I think I actually uh, relatives. I have similarly, um, two cousins, an aunt, and my uncle was right before my dad. So it was uncle, dad, aunt, cousin, mom, cousin, like 
Jesus. Erica, oh my God. I know. And the thing is, you get through it, but like, and also like the more it happens, yes, it's a part of life. And I've been going to funerals and wakes since I was a kid. It's just when you live in a big Sicilian family. Oh, geez. Yeah. You go. It's like, oh, family reunion. Oh, cool. Is it a barbecue? No, Uncle Harold's funeral. <laughs> like, yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Same people, same food. <laughs> like just the suit. Yeah. <laughs> right. Dress. Oh my God. I know. But, but that's the thing. It's, I feel like it, uh, it, it just, it opens things up in a way, mm-hmm. right. That you yeah. can't. And, and again, that perspective, like when people get upset over the most meaningless things, I'm like, really, do you, have you had nothing else in your life <laughs> that, that, that can show you to just chill out over this nothing, this nothing that you have built a mountain out of. I have that same first thought as well. And then my, my higher self or future Erica says, no, they haven't had that experience. This yeah. is important to them because perception is reality. Yes. And I like, and I remember something from a, a safety class that my parents and I took when I was maybe 19 to reduce like insurance. And it was yes. like a valid one. Like we had to actually like learn this stuff. And he's like, the first rule, if you guys forget anything else you come in here with, um, you, you leave here with assume innocence to, 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 to avoid road rage. Basically, if I'm getting cut off by someone, I'm not like, oh, you son of a bee, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, their wife is in labor on the side of the road. They need to get to the hospital. What is that? Is it true? Probably not. It keeps me calm. I am my number one priority here. And my husband's working on that. (laughs) Like, not making me a priority. I mean, I am. I just like the assume innocence thing, just because it's not helpful when we get super upset about that stuff and whatever. That is that's also so, have a driving yeah. anxiety. So that definitely comes into it. And he know I he knows that yes. I need him to go a little slower and just drive with precious cargo. That's what my counselor told me to tell him. Just have that oh, conversation. Like yes. just pretend I'm a baby, not in a car seat. <laughs> like oh. a little carefully. <laughs> because stuff triggers. Like and it's not his bad driving. He's an amazing driver. Yes. It's my body physically reacting to getting hit by a drunk driver 14 years ago. Oh my God. It yeah. stays yes. with you physically and emotionally and mentally <laughs> and all that stuff. Yeah. That exactly. I know. I, I feel like we don't have in our society, good conversations about trauma and what trauma actually does to a person, because it's not just a thing that happens and then you move on or a thing that you just no. think about. It is something that literally lives in your body. Your cells change. Your cells change. Your neural pathways change there there's research yep. out there about all of this like yes. I'm not just pulling shit out of my ass right no, like it is not. it is real and it it's it, it can fundamentally affect you and again PTSD mm-hmm. complex PTSD like that you that's that's always going to be there right yeah yeah I was I was hit by this drunk driver in 2000 I think it was nine okay and everybody's first priority was my neck and shoulders and lower oh back God. physical yes. physical physical it never occurred to me to talk to someone about it afterwards. So for 10 years, it went whatever, like, of course, uh, call it seven years because after about six months after my dad died, um, I'm like, I need to talk to somebody. I think it's time. And the more people my age, I was talking to about mental health. They're like, yeah, I have a therapist. I have a counselor. I have a grief counselor. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, it's a little more normal than my parents made it out to be. Yes, and right. so I started talking to a grief counselor and she's like, oh no, that's, that's PTSD. Uh, I'm like, even from the car accident, it was that time it was so long ago. And she's like, did you ever deal with it? I'm like, no, I don't like thinking about it. She's like, oh, bless your heart. (laughs) That started coming up. Family stuff came up. Um, Missing my dad came up. And then I stopped with the grief counselor. My mom died and it felt exactly like it did when my dad died. And I went right back to a a second grief counselor um, who was a little more impactful than the first for me. It was just a better fit. And, And she's like, yeah, this is also PTSD. I'm like, no, no, I already had PTSD. <laughs> As if I you just get it once. It's like the chicken pox. You have it once and you're right. done. Exactly. That's how, that's how I made sense of it. She's like, oh, sweetie, no. <laughs> so it's like, you, uh, Erica, oh you have PTSD God. for the car accident and you have PTSD from your father's death compounded now by the PTSD, the trauma of your mother's death. Yeah. And these they were both quick deaths and um, that both helps and hinders 
progress or whatever. Depending, and my nurse, my nurse friends did give me a little comfort and they, um, they, God bless them both. They're pediatric hospice nurses. Oh, oh my God. Break my heart. Um, they said quick wounds heal quicker in both physical body and emotional body. Wow. Like, so a quick death is actually a little bit easier to get, like, because there's yeah. less to mourn because with my mom, it was like a three day passing. Like, like oh, she was, wow. it was just like, she yeah. knew it was the end with my dad. It was five weeks and that took a lot longer to get over. And now that makes sense to me. Quick wounds heal quicker. Oh my God, and, yes. um, what uh, circling back to the, um, grief counseling and trauma therapy, like I didn't know this was PTSD. I thought it was traumatic stress, but I'm like, I'm not, a, I'm not a Vietnam, Vietnam War veteran. I'm not, but, and that's, that's probably pr primarily where the diagnoses came, started being recognized right. as valid. And then finally, um, last December, my familiar Henry, my dog, he was uh, getting up there, slowing down, losing balance. And then it was time to go. And I was beside myself. And I, I'm like, why does it feel this bad? This, I'm not sad about saying goodbye to him. It's unprecedented. I've never had to say goodbye to this amazing dog before, yeah. but this, it, it, I was a wreck and terrified. And I was, I figured out, I was afraid of the upcoming grief. And, um, and I talked to someone about that and yeah. she's like, PTSD from your parents stuff. Like that's what we've, she didn't just tell me because after talking yeah. to me about it, it wasn't about the dog. It was unresolved stuff with my parents' deaths. Oh and my God, of course, yeah. And, and that's where the conversation started about, um, uh, anxiety and, um, actually I'm very lucky knock on wood. I haven't had to worry about depression. I feel very, very Great. fortunate with that. Yes. Yeah. Um, just in the anxiety is making my brain scattered and the ADHD is making my anxiety worse. <laughs> like, so oh it's sort of like cyclical, cyclical, cyclical. And, uh, and that's when she's like, have you ever thought about, and like my, my grief counselor was very hesitant about this. She's like, have you ever thought about medication? I'm like, yes, but I don't know how to do that. She's like, yeah. oh, you just talk to your physician. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and after the session, I was in the parking lot. And I, I think with mental health stuff, my physician prioritizes immediacy. So mm. they gave me an appointment the following morning and I started Lexapro that afternoon and it, it wow. was like with a quarter pill, half pill, yes. one pill, and now 20 milligrams. And it's like yes. the sweet spot. It's perfect. Oh my God. Exactly. And it's yes. just stuff. It, it didn't fix me. I, I still it, have a lot of underlying issues from childhood oh. that I didn't know were issues. Oh, like, boy, I know. Oh God. But it takes me up to a normal level again. That's that. Like, so I can at least face it. That that exactly because that's <laughs> the thing it's like again I have owned I've been like I have had the same therapist off and on for 10 years mm -hmm. and it, like it's only now now like I've, I've been on an off period I'm like I probably need to talk to Tova again because it is there are certain things that have come up about my relationship with my mother that mm -hmm. I like only now realize the depth of and how it has affected me and affected interpersonal relationships. Yeah. And, you know, I just, when I was younger, I thought I just had the quirky mom. I'm like, oh no, this, it was really, really, really bad. Like right. so unbelievably bad. And, yes. and it was never addressed and I didn't think about it. And now it's like this awareness, you know, of just like, Oh no, oh no, oh no, everybody was severely mentally ill and nobody was taking care of themselves. Oh my and God. So I'm again, sorry. that like trauma yeah. from childhood of just being around people who were chaotic with each other, yeah. you know, let alone like whatever weirdness they were saying to me. But like they were just, it was like a, a, a like Lord of the Flies, basically. It's like just <laughs> watching adults like go after each other and being kid, like, this oh, isn't make, this isn't right. This isn't right. Yeah. Oh and my God. Just like, I don't have words for this, but I don't feel good. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's crazy. I, um, similarly, I recently put up walls for the first time in my 41 years with uh, a very toxic relative and because their behavior, it turns out is emotional abuse. I just thought they were the quirky relative. Oh my God. No, I'm not supposed to be used as collateral when I'm eight years old because they didn't want a store to close early because she had to pick something up. Um, like she, 
Yeah. Okay. There's a whole other issue there. Well, it's not, it's just emotional abuse. Um, Fat shaming me, fat shaming my sister, fat shaming my mom behind her back. And, and then my mom doing God rest my mom, my mom doing the same, like just complaining about this relative to me and I'm the middleman, but I'm a minor. So I felt like I had to be the peacemaker and I would also get blamed vicariously through them. So now I've been fixated with feeling guilty about stuff that has nothing to do with me. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not so much since my mom died because the honey badger has come out. Yes. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Oh my God. But it's, it's like, oh, so it's not just a quirky relative. That's emotional abuse and gaslighting. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Erica, are we like the alternate reality versions of each other? Because like, Uh, this is the same thing that I have experiencing, especially with mother's day, like just, and like, like that, the, again, it's so hard because you have these people in your life and they are also traumatized. Right. And so part of me wants to have compassion. But I also, yes. my moon's in Scorpio. So like, fuck all of them, right? Like, <laughs> the balance. Oh my the God. Aquarius wants to love and cherish everybody in the Scorpio moon. Is like, Are you Aquarius? Burn them to the ground. Yes. I'm Aquarius. February all right. Eight, February 18. Oh my God, February 5th. <laughs> oh my God, that's crazy. And my friend recently told me whatever my moon is. I think it's, um, what's the, a Libra. Libra. There you go. Also yeah. like peace, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like floating, like you just want to, to be like compassionate and understanding yeah. of people. But then you realize like, oh, wait, I, my, like my family basically just treated me like a doll. I wasn't my own person. It was just how do, how do I fit in for what they need whenever they need it? Oh my God. Talk about affirmation. Vanessa. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm losing my mind a little oh bit from like God. all the connections here. This is it, unreal. It, it, it's exceptionally unreal. Again, this is like I said, very fresh because of Mother's Day, you know, yeah. and just this awareness of, oh yeah, again, like when you said being used as collateral, right? It's like I was a kid. I was just a person. Like I wasn't here to fulfill all of your needs and your sorrows, or just you know be placed in a position to to like, oh well, I need this done here right now. And and again, all of those expectations. It's like, oh no, that's emotional abuse no boundaries either. And just expecting like, oh, well, we're family. So you just put up with whatever I have to say and do. And, and you're supposed to forgive me and love me and not have anything to say in response. Vanessa, but- my therapist, my uh, PTSD therapist told me last week, uh, two sessions ago, forgive me, two weeks ago, the phrase blood is thicker than water is toxic positivity. I do not, I have no obligation to love a relative who has emotionally abused me for 40 years. I have no obligation. They had no right to use me as the messenger. They had no right to body shame me. They had no right to food shame me. They had no right to do that to my sister, to strangers, to make employees out in public cry because they were bored and wanted attention. And yep. Oh my God. Yes. But I have no, like I would hear my mom, she's weird, but we love her like about this relative. And like, we have to, and weird meant horrible, toxic vampire, emotional vampire. Um, and I picked up on that. Like, I have to love this person. I don't, I don't love this person. I wish them well. I want them to get help because like, exactly like you just said, I know they have unresolved trauma from childhood and it's, they need help, but they don't get the help. And it comes out on me. I was the target. I was groomed. I was, yeah. So not my problem. Not my responsibility. Not my responsibility. Yes. I didn't create this situation. I I don't have to fix this situation. And I also don't have to accommodate this situation. Nope. That, that again, I love, I love that. Like the expectation, because I grew up hearing that all the time, blood is thicker than water and your family will be there for you in ways your friends have not. And, nope. and like, and I grew on, and, and also, I don't know if you dealt with this. I had uh, all these crazy people around me. Oh, honey, we love you more than anything, more than the whole universe. Oh, we do anything for you. We die for you. 
when that actually got tested and like I again losing relatives losing the my boyfriend none of them were there none of them were there and it's just like Mm -hmm. oh I knew intuitively I knew my entire life that this was a lie and then it was presented with me and I'm like again talking about that like oh I'm done like I'm done with all these social expectations I am not playing these games anymore you need help and you need clinical help and I can't provide that for you yes forgive my language but my sister and I um after each parent died we called it the fuck this shit club it's just you don't care not only does every relationship rewire uh, after a trauma like losing someone or grief you know grief Grief. is a trauma Yes. yes after grief during grief, everything, every relationship gets reweighed and rescaled with whether you want it to or not. Oh yeah. And that's when I started talking about this toxic relative in therapy. And they were like, that, what, what did they do? That is not okay. That is not okay to do to an adult, let alone a eight-year-old kid. Oh my God. Exactly. No. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that okay. <laughs> again, I know. <laughs> I just want to like talk about care bears. This is, I love this by the way, but this is so Oh, I could get us there. I can get us there. (laughs) You know what? We're going to go wherever this goes. I'm loving this. Every single minute of this. Yep. But it's that like, again, when you're confronted, like I ended up losing a whole bunch of friends in my like grief year and a half because there were so many people in my life that I didn't even realize I was emotionally caretaking. And then I just wasn't capable of it anymore. Like physically couldn't also had no interest in it. And like, like lost many friends who were upset with me because they couldn't use me anymore. My best friend from college, who is a fucking psychologist. (laughs) Oh my God. well, I don't under, like you, you're not, I'm like, all right, I'm done with this. I'm done yep. with this. You you're can't, you're, yes. you're a different person. Yes, exactly. When you, when you have that grief, like yes. grief is just a new personality upload. Like it's just basically, it, right. Yes. It, it just, it rewires you everything. Like I even thought about each parent differently, like, because mm-hmm. I had space and time and there was like an aspect of it that I wasn't responsible to them anymore. And I miss, I miss them. I miss, of course you do. Yeah. Like, you know, that, and, I, and here's me like justifying it. Like but, also oh, that, yes. Gem that I learned during trauma therapy in the last month, explaining is a trauma response. <gasps> I'm Specifically over explaining. <laughs> I'm, I'm like writing that one down. Oh, really? Explain, explaining is a, a trauma response because I am so wired for getting blamed for things. I'm so wired to feel guilty about things. Is this yeah. blowing your mind? Because it, it blew is. my mind. Yeah, I'm like, it is. I wrote oh. it down. <laughs> I literally went to tell my husband. And as I was telling him, I backed up to tell him how the conversation started. <laughs> so it's like, he's like, you know, you're explaining what explaining is I'm like, I love you. And it was so hilarious, but I, I, I could feel myself doing it, but there is a comfort in that, and I have a conversations with my sister. She's like, you don't have to explain it to me. I'm like, I know, but I still want to. And also it helps me say it out loud and like saying stuff out loud helps me remember what I'm saying. <laughs> so that so too. it's like yes. threefold. Yes, but. yes. Part of it is adaptive because I with ADHD. Not. Yeah, I didn't know. I, I mean, it makes so now a lot I've of stopped. sense. It yes. does. And it's so much easier to not justify myself. Like I called my chiropractor the other day. I'm like, hey, I, d- I didn't ask for permission. I'm like, can I be 10 or I'm going to be 10 minutes late. Any problems? Nope. Great. I didn't tell them it's because I overslept because I had a rough night. I didn't go into yeah. detail about why my alarm didn't go. And as a college instructor, I never cared why, what students' excuses were. Just give me a heads up. Just give me the professional courtesy of saying you're going to be missing yeah. class today. I don't yeah. care that your mother has explosive diarrhea. I don't want that detail. Yes. Like, oh my God. Yes. And how is that not applicable in the other direction? Why do I have to explain myself when I don't want people to explain stuff to me? Oh my God. Oh yeah. my God. Oh my God. This is incredible. <laughs> this, this is, it's so funny. Cause this is one of the like ongoing issues with my mother where she will call me up and then she will explain, like, it's like 10 minutes to get to the question she wants to ask me. And I'm like, I don't, I don't care about any of that. I don't want to hear any of that. What do you need from me yeah. right now? Do you say that? Moment? Yes. <laughs> Good. How I'm does she respond to that? Oh, not well. Yeah. No. Okay. Cool. 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 <laughs> oh my god. That could be a whole other podcast. Yep. <laughs> like, talking yep. about those issues. Yeah. Yeah. 
um yeah because it's like I don't want to be wrapped up in again I don't need it tell me what you need tell me what pl plans have changed okay whatever I don't care I don't care just right yeah but think about yourself telling someone in the sim something similar you go to the explanation because you want them to know that you're not asking because you're an asshole. You're asking because you need it. <laughs> like, yes, exactly. You're not going to think you're an asshole. They're not going to think I'm an asshole. I mean, even, even like I said, where I just, I texted my boss. I was like, can we talk at one 30? Cause uh, Done. I, and I, I didn't No explanation. That's great. Good for you. Yeah. She just went perfect. I was like, perfect. Great. I don't have to think about this. <laughs> I said this in my own podcast at work. My our last episode, um, I hear my mom saying it's one of her favorite, my favorite things that she ever said. She's like, what are they going to do? Take away your birthday? That's my, that's my, what is it? My model for everything now. Like if I need an extension with my agent, if I need, yeah. uh, if I want Chick-fil-A for dinner instead of cooking, yes. what's the worst that could happen? Uh, right. My husband could say no. My boss could say, or my agent could say no. Well, they're not going to take away my birthday. Like what, what are they going to do? Take away your birthday. Oh, ask your questions, guys. Ask your question. Again, it's, it's been so good to like work for my boss because, you know, I kind of knew like, ask for what you want. And she goes, no, demand what you want. Oh, that is a whole other level. I hadn't considered. What's your day job? Uh, I work at a PR firm. So I nice. do, um, and like the office manager, but they also have me doing like media lists and media impressions and things oh, like cool. that for our clients. Yeah. Fancy. So it's great. Cause it's like research and also admin stuff. Again, nice. when it's somebody else's stuff, I can be very organized. <laughs> so easy. It's so easy. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, water break. Oh yes. Hydrating is important. So it's fizzy water. Oh, I like mm. that too. And it's a good color scheme too. I do like it. It's the pamplemousse, the, um, the pamplemousse. watermelon or grapefruit. What's pamplemousse? Grapefruit, watermelon? Grapefruit, right? Grapefruit. I do not speak French. I do, but never learned that word. So <laughs> pamplemousse. Pamplemousse. I thought it said it somewhere. Anyway, yeah. That's fine. You know, yeah. it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> it is yeah it's such a it's so incredible again to meet someone and and also to like talk with someone that I have known on Twitter for so many years and just yeah like, oh you get it you just there's yeah. no explanation it's just like oh you understand me on a fundamental level right there's yeah again I don't have to explain I don't have to over explain it's just you don't there. but like subconsciously I was listening to you like tuning out not tuning out um trying to like record in my head what you were just saying, because I'm picturing what it's like to be somebody listening to this and saying that would be helpful because there's probably somebody who doesn't have ADHD. Oh, yes. um, who's listening. And to that one person, hello, exactly. <laughs> everybody else probably does. <laughs> they know I, everything about you. <laughs> and I feel like I have surrounded myself with people who are uh, on the ADHD spectrum in some capacity. Yes, That's exactly. amazing. Yeah, oh my God. Well, and especially too, in terms of like the paranormal and the occult, because I feel like all the people who have the same sensibility I do of play, of engagement, of, um, you know, curiosity, of exploration, is yeah. different that it, I think that lends itself to a certain ADHD. Let's go exploring. Let's chase the dopamine. Let's learn mm -hmm. new things. Oh yeah. As opposed to people who are like, no, this is this. And we, this is the answer. Like, really? That's kind of boring to me. Right. I ask some more questions. What like, else could it be? Yeah. yeah. Right. Like I, I, I've always thought it was so much more fun to go chasing ideas than to get stuck in belief. Right. Right. And again, that's probably the Aquarius thing too, where it's like, that's fair. Anything from day to day. Like, well, I, I can't, the idea of following a religion or following like a strong belief system. I'm like, what's yeah. that like? I am not wired for that. Right. Oh yeah. No, that's fair. I, yeah. something you just said reminded me that like, I really enjoy being the new kid, being the new person. There's the expectations are so much lighter. Yes. Um, having a new job. That's why I had so many jobs. Like I just, as soon as I got good at something, I thought I was just bored. The dopamine was gone. Now I know that. So right. Course, and yeah. my side hustle, I had an Etsy store where I did, um, pop culture crafts and yes. I got, like, I got to pay for all my Christmas presents, like buying for other people with what I earned from it. Okay. And I did it for one year and it was great. And then uh, it got to be like a chore And the minute it got to be a chore. I'm like, I can't anymore. 
I can't, and I don't have to. So I, I stopped it. I closed the shop and also Etsy was getting a little weird with their policies and everything. So they're getting worse and worse. Yeah. Are they really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I figured. Yeah. So, um, now it's the, um, oh, then it was editing and I got, it turns out my college, my years as a college English writing instructor made me, it was pretty damn directly transferable skills to editing for like for, um, writers, uh, fiction yes. writers, nonfiction writers, not academic anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, but if, it's like, if you can dodge, dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. If you can give feedback to a reluctant writer who has to write a paper in any subject, yes. then I can give feedback to people who want the feedback. Like oh. it was just, it made me, I was, I was originally hired as um, an un, unpaid intern. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I took the, I, w- I was interviewing for an unpaid, unpaid internship test um they ended up hiring me in as, as an assistant editor you're like you're head and shoulders above some of our editors anyway like <laughs> assistant assistant editors yeah so course. and that was it was very flattering and but of course I, and I was like wow that's amazing I feel special but I had done the legwork for 10 years as a college writing instructor because yes. it wasn't just it's not proofreading I'm the worst proofreader that's not the type of editor I am I'm a developmental <laughs> editor I go with like developing the idea, right. Getting to the conclusion, like figuring out what you want to say, what voice you want to say it in all that stuff has nothing to do with proofreading. I'm not your proofreader, like mm-hmm. not, not that type of editor. And, uh, and then that got old. So I'm like, I really enjoy the editing. I've mastered the editing thing and I'll have some like side hustle clients. I didn't have the attention span for full manuscripts. I wonder why undiagnosed ADHD inattentive. So I would only do like short little samples and blips and whatever. And as soon as the projects got to get longer, I couldn't keep up with it and it ended up ending and that's fine. Yeah. And then when it got to what next, I'm like, well, I really enjoy the editing part. I'm, I'm fascinated by what goes on behind the scenes of anything. So I'm like agenting, would I be good as an agent? And I ended up not loving it. (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't my bag. It wasn't, um, I need an agent. I don't, I, I wouldn't be a good one. I don't haggle at garage sales. I'm like, just how much do you want for this one-legged Barbie? Like, I'll take it. Like, just tell me what you want. I don't haggle. Like I I'm not good at advocating for myself in a legal sense. I am when I'm getting harassed by a guy telling me to smile, but that's not what agenting is like. So, yes. um, currently it's tarot. It's yes. uh, reading, like I have the side hustle of reading tarot and oracle cards for anybody who wants it. But my decks are specifically the decks that spark joy. And those just happen to be the pop culture decks, the the kitschy yeah. decks. Um, like I have Stacey Graham. She's a literary agent. She wrote the zombie tarot through Quirk Books. Oh my God. Uh, it's an amazing deck. Yes. And I'm learning a lot about the difference between tarot and Oracle. And, mm-hmm. um, I recently picked up like a Kawaii tarot deck and it's, oh I learned, I, I, I was obsessed with the images. It was so freaking cute. I'm like, why is this so cute? And I learned Kawaii is the Japanese culture of cuteness. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm here for it. And it's, I just did a reading for it yesterday. It was the, just the sweetest thing. So and, good. oh my God. And I'm, I'm, it feels so good to do it. And I use, I, I call myself the dork witch. I've, I am using my dork dorkiness as my selling point because I get to geek out. People pay me to geek out over the cards that I pull yeah. because of how aesthetically intriguing they are, how beautiful they are. The body chills I get um, are the chills on the left side of the body, the right side of the body. What does that mean for me? I don't know yet. And I'm still figuring it out. Um, sometimes it's waist down back of my legs only. And that's, that's a particular thing. Like I'm trying to map that onto the meridians of the body. And I know there's gotta be some meaning and I don't know what it is, but I, um, I re- I was only doing PDF readings at first where I would, I would conduct the reading by myself, mm-hmm. then type it up in a PDF with images of the cards for the client. Yes. And I'm still doing that. That's still a service option, but I, I do the readings out loud to myself. So I've started recording them. So people now have an option to buy, to purchase the, um, the video of me doing it live. And I have a conversation with the person, whether they're going to see it or not, or myself. And I'm like, Oh God, it's just like, and just the reading I did today. Uh, like I had to give them a disclaimer. I'm like, look, I I don't claim to be a medium, but there's, 
a male voice coming through and he wants me to say X, Y, and Z. And that was powerful. And I, it's not the first time it's happened. Even when I've done like a free one card draws on Twitter, like this comes through and I will basically, I just follow the joy. It's that dopamine thing. And this is, this is one of the best side hustles I have ever done. It's not only I, like at first I'm like, I feel weird charging people for tarot. I now feel weird not charging people for tarot readings because it drains me. It takes it, so much of my physical, mental, emotional power. Yes. And I'm very proud of that. That makes me feel like it's authentic. And yes. here's me yes. explaining it to you, yes. <laughs> like justifying why I charge people for readings. Yep. Um, and it's just, I, there's not a Care Bear deck yet. And I want one. So I'm making one of some cards I found off of eBay. Um, Recently rediscovered eBay and am a little obsessed. Oh, it can be very, very dangerous. Holy shnikes. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, Ah. Vanessa, I'm going to have an unboxing. It actually might be, it's either getting today or tomorrow. And um, so I'm, I'm, there's some exciting unboxing things I'm coming up. Like eBay finds reveals I'm going to be doing on the stream soon. And it's just I give myself permission to be as dorky about it as I want. And I got bullied for being a dork. I got bullied for looking like a boy as a kid. I had a short haircut, didn't develop too quickly. And it's just, I got bullied for being awkward and not having the right clothes and only wearing hand-me-downs. And you know what? All that stuff is really cool now. It's cool to go thrifting. It's cool to wear hand-me-downs and vintage. It's not hand-me-downs, it's vintage. Like where were you in 1991, man? Uh, thank you. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and I'm leaning over, looking at my deck. I've got a friend's tarot deck. It's on, it's not licensed, but uh, in Australia, they can get away with it. So I got, my Amazing. sister has a golden girls tarot deck. Like I have it's, li- yes. you ha- oh, it's adorable. It's it so is. stinking good. Yes. Um, oh, so you read tarot too. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. And it's so funny. You talk about charging because for a long time, I didn't feel comfortable charging. And then I realized like, this is work. I it's am a lot physically drained after this, exhausted yeah. after this, usually yeah. need like time to recover after a reading. Yeah. And again, that's how I know I'm actually pouring, like I'm, I'm downloading exactly. something and I'm putting it on a page. Yes. Downloading is such a good way to put it. Yeah. It's, and so that now I charge, you know, and I've been doing professional readings for the past few years. Um, yeah. And, and part of it too, is I also feel like a sense of apprenticeship. So when I started reading for other people, I'm like, I'm not going to charge for this because I want to see right. gauged. Am I good at this? Am I getting good intuitive information? Am I right. able to communicate? And then after a couple of years of that, I was like, no, no, this, I, I want to, this is work, right? Like I'm, I want to get paid for work. Right. So, I, yes. Mine was, mine was kind of uh, the converse of that, where I was just reading and one of my non-relatives reactions to it was like, oh my God, can I recommend you to someone else? And I'm like, sure. And uh, like, she's like, this is more powerful than some of the stuff I've had to pay for. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, well, that's gotta be true because I know I'm not making it up. I know I like on my website, it says there's an asterisk and it says something like, um, no, I don't look you up ahead of time because I'm lazy. And that sounds like extra work. I wa- I saw that. Yes, it's I love legitimately it. true. Like I've never written anything more honest than that in my life because like, and, and if I'm yeah. like, if I'm reading for you, I, I will say, I'll, I'll like give myself a disclaimer out loud and you'll hear it in the video. Like, uh, I know you, I'm going to put my opinions and emotions about you aside, but I'm going to, I'm, I'm not going to ignore the fact that I know you're a tarot reader, that I know you're a podcaster yeah. because that'll help me clarify and zoom in on this um, blind reading. Yes. I hope, I wish there was a better word for that, but yeah. I, I don't know. I it, just, because I don't need yes. questions yet because the cards are so loud and uh, <laughs> I, I love that we're having this conversation. I prefer it's it's a little different now because my again with the pandemic right I used to love just handing people the deck of cards they shuffle it when it feels done to them they hand it and then I do the reading and I wouldn't even ask the question I prefer I preferred at the time like not hearing what the question was because I wanted to see what the cards had to say to me and usually they were very loud right and 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 I would just say I'm like let me get a, a handle on the cards first and, and I said, if you want to tell me what your question was mid reading, that's fine. And again, probably 90% of the time somebody would jump in and say, okay, this is, this is the question I asked. And this is how everything that you've said already 
ties oh, into this nice. question. Yes. Oh, that's, a, that's a really cool way to do it. Yeah. Now, because of the internet, I just prefer like, yeah, just tell me your question. It's fine. And I'll oh, do a that's reading cool. for you based off of that. And I trust yeah. my intuition now too, that like before I was like, you tell me when the cards are done. Now I know like, no, mm-hmm. I can ask the question. The cards know I'm asking for somebody else. They will tell me when it's yeah. done. Right. So yeah. yeah, 95% of my readings are remote. So yeah. I, I shuffle like this and, um, it's always jumpers. Oh. It's just jumpers. Now I, and there's a difference between jumpers and me dropping the cards. It's literally that you yes. can feel the difference. You like, absolutely can. It's so uncanny. And then, um, and like, sometimes I feel like I'm making it up. That's my lizard brain trying to get me to rationalize what's actually happening. And sometimes I feel like I'm forcing it and I'll restart and that's yes. fine. Yes. There's no wrong way to do it. It's just, um, I recently realized, uh, it is not okay for someone to read for me without my permission. And this person who I didn't know saw me one of my live streams and they were like, Oh, I just pulled this Celtic cross spread for you. And I'm like, what? I didn't even, I ignored. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not okay. That's not like, yeah. I didn't even know the kind of on, like, I thought it was like an unspoken thing. Like you don't read for someone without permission. No, you don't. Like, it's just, it's like eavesdropping. It's like, yes. I don't know. I just, it didn't feel right. And I don't do that. And so now I actually figured out on my Weebly site, um, how to add gift cards. So now people can buy a gift card for someone else so they can, you know, if they ever want it. Of course. Yes. So much easier. Yes, exactly. Violating my code of ethics. That's too much. Yeah. (laughs) Like I've been on live streams with people who like they'll say, oh, well, I'm pulling cards or we're doing like an Estes method or something like that. If you want to pull a card too, that's fine. That is very different oh, than yeah. dropping into somebody's stream and doing a full Celtic cross for someone. Oh my God. Uh-uh. No. Uh-uh. You don't do that. <laughs> no, that is bad. I don't like it. I don't like it either. And it's just, that was new. And now that's on my website that um do not, you any purchases that are made for someone else, like without what what, without their written permission they're you're going to get refunded and encouraged to get a gift card so i'm just gonna have to do that if people don't read that i'll make it more prominent on the website somehow so of course yeah Mm. amazing Thanks so much for listening and or watching, depending on where you found the podcast. You can find Erica at Erica the Davis on Twitter. You can also find her at dorkwitch.xyz. Get a tarot reading. Um, yeah, you can find Personal Pans at Personal Pans on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me at Kali Butterfly. That's K-A-L-I Butterfly. Like I said, this is a delightful episode um, and and so much fun to revisit uh, after a pretty grim few weeks in the news. Uh, So I, I hope it has inspired you to have a playful and curious day.